I'm AJ Bianco, host of Reflect Ed, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. time ago in a galaxy far far away there was the high-tech podcast and josh got a lightsaber welcome to the high-tech podcast folks <laughs> oh, you enjoy so we perfect. have the high-tech podcast we talk about educational technology we play with lightsabers and we have a lot of fun doing it all at the same time i am one of the hosts of the high-tech podcast josh swartz and i am joined by my co-host other hosts the man, the only, not the only, I was about to say the only, but there are other Illingworths, the, the um, DJ Willy Will. There we go. I don't know. I was, I was trying to, I'm trying no, some stuff no, out. No, no, no. Just it, don't. Didn't work. it didn't That's work. That's just mean. Okay, it's fine. Yeah. That's my other host, Will. Hey, Will. Hey, folks, I'm here. It's Will. <laughs> yeah, that's all you need to know. Yeah, if you're, if you're listening to the audio right now. This is actually perfect. Watching, yeah. If you're listening to the audio right now and you're not watching the video, this, this um, is... we I have a lightsaber. That's it. That's all you needed to know. And it's and it's beautiful and it's purple and it, it shows. I can change the it colors. It has songs and sounds and I can change the colors. It's great. Uh oh, I broke I it. I love it. It's flashing now. I don't know how to make it stop. <laughs> no, Wait, I, I fixed it. <laughs> now suddenly he's trying to call an airplane down. <laughs> Yeah, it's fine now. Now it's orange. Wow, this looks really intense. It's gone rogue, dude. guys. That's it's crazy. real. It's burning a hole in That's his floor. Fine. Okay, it's fine. There we go. It's it's all good now. Um, yeah. Whew. Okay, <laughs> that was a good intro. I just had to do that. I gotta, you know, Will, Will and I, you may have been listening to us now before Christmas for a little while, but uh, breaking the fourth wall, this is Will and I's first episode back since our Christmas break. Uh, we recorded before Christmas a little bit to get you some of that content. And I got a lightsaber for Christmas because I'm a child. That's it. There you go. <laughs> Will, how was your Christmas? Yeah? We, we can talk about this I was, the podcast. How was your Christmas? I was going to say, let's not go there, dude. We no, don't have enough there. time. Uh, I'm not paying you enough. There's just... No, no. It's, it's It was fine. It was fine. Yeah. Um, I was just going to say that we had kind of two of our best things. You had a Christmas gift. I had a Christmas gift. I'm wearing my new Ted shirt. Oh my gosh. I didn't even notice. You finally got there a Ted go. shirt. Aw. Yeah, exactly. That's nice. Look at it's you. a full be curious, not judgmental Ted shirt. Aw. That's so nice. Um Will got a shirt that says don't judge. I we, got a weapon to kill people. We have <laughs> <laughs> It's it's good, you know. It's really the best. We are looking at episode 134 with hopes to address one more AI conversation, right? As if we could ever finish the AI conversations, but you know, we could go for one more. Um, my thought on this is that we're going to get into curriculum and AI 
a kind of really the educational question that everybody else is doing, like, like mid journey and ChatGPT, all those are asking like, should uh, ChatGPT be able to write poetry using someone else's poems, right? As, as reference, should mid journey be able to, should, should it ethically, is it right? Is it allowed? Is it copyright? All these questions uh, for mid journey to generate an image based on a Van Gogh, based on a modern artist, et cetera. Right. The educational question is, should we be using, is it okay to use, is it effective to use AI to write curriculum? You know, we're not, cur curriculum writers, authors, historians, researchers, scientists are not the ones at the forefront of things right now saying, oh, don't take my copyrighted material. And yet we have a uh, hundred plus years of modern scientific research. That's all behind, you know, scholarly paywalls where you have to s subscribe to a journal or something like that to get access to, you know, the, the, the work. So, so clearly they have a high value of their, um, their personal information, their, you know, copyrighted content, but, is this okay? Is this something we should be trying to do? Is the copyright the big concern? Is the content and the effectiveness of the content the big concern? Big umbrella statement, big, big just launching topic here of curriculum and AI. Should we or shouldn't we be doing it, right? Yeah. So I don't know. Is that good enough setup, Josh? Is there something else you would tack in there for what we're trying to prep with this conversation? Or is that really hitting it? Is it okay to generate curriculum with AI. Yeah. I mean, I think that's hitting it. I think what we're talking about, right. Is, um, when we talk about generating with AI, I think what I think of is, um, whether it's a teacher, instructional designer, whoever it may be using an AI tool to help create, uh, the curriculum to help create the content, uh, that you're working on, whether it's generating, uh, text, generating quizzes, generating, um, content that you're providing. Right. Um, there's a lot of different ways that AI, can be uh, involved in the generation of curriculum, right? So like, uh, Will, I mean, like off the top of your head, right? For the listener, what what are some examples you could think of that are, are what what you're thinking of when you think of curricula curriculum being generated with AI, right? What are some practical examples you're thinking of? Quick list, right? anything from narrative content in your online course, right? Like if your online course is a unit and in the unit, there's a quiz and some readings and whatever, like the readings are still going to go to the textbook. The quiz is something you might've written, but maybe you think, Oh, let me use chat GPT to like write the stuff in between, you know, Hey, this is why unit one is about the mitochondria. So you just pretty much use Wikipedia and chat GPT to write a basic intro on mitochondria. Is that appropriate? Like it's a scientific fact. Mitochondria are something. So we could probably rely pretty heavily on factual information like that. But if you do the same thing uh, with maybe a narrative assessment class or, uh, you know, an essays class or communications class, like give, you know, you, you want to give this, the, the students some narrative content, teaching content about uh, your opinion of the, 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 the black, the, the black, the, wow, the dark crusader, the <laughs> Batman, um, character and how he's been portrayed in the last five, you know, triple a blockbuster movies. 
if you ask ChatGPT to do that, it's got to do inference. It's got to do all the like humanly things that it's going to be stealing other people's opinions to write that for you. It's not, it, it can't just like say, well, the dark, the, the Cape Crusader, the Black Knight, dark Batman guy. She said, stop using all <laughs> these different names. Batman is the best movie, right? If it's making a value statement like that. It's going to be relying on someone else who said that first. Mitochondria are scientific facts. Like we can't, ex yeah. we can't accept that. So ChatGPT can do better with something like that's a scientific fact, as opposed to dealing with information that would have to rely on a human author's opinion to make the point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like, and I don't know why Will's struggling with Batman. I promise listeners he's, he's seen the movie um, slash heard of Batman. Uh, but the, um, the, all of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but the, the thing that, yeah, I think there, it comes down to different levels for me, right. Of whether or not AI is okay for curriculum writing. And this is, this is a big debate right now because we're seeing it happen in different areas. Like just to give you a practical example right now, like a tool that Will and I use, um, on a regular basis, uh, is called articulate, uh, articulate 360, right. We've talked about it before in the podcast, right. We, Will and I have used Storyline. It's a tool that's used to create content. Another tool that's used is Articulate Rise. Um, ironically, as always works out with Will and I and why we're good partners in this area is Will is a bit more experienced with Storyline than I am, and I'm a bit more experienced with Rise than he is. So if you get us together, we're a whole Articulate package. Um, but the, 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 the thing with them um, that's interesting, I just saw this the other day, um, but uh, the... The thing with them that's very interesting is they're just now launching AI tools for Articulate Rise, where like you can plug in content and it will generate a course, right? It'll generate content and information for you and generate those pieces in here. So it's going to continue to grow um, and it's going to continue to get bigger um, in what we're doing. Um, so we need to to consider this, right? Is it okay to take AI and use it to generate? So I think what I come down to is, are there a couple different levels to how we do this? Um, and from my perspective, there are basically, it, it depends on the level of what you're using with AI, right? So like, yeah. it's not just about, is AI okay in curriculum? It's about how you use it, right? And the problem. So it's, it's a question of like, is it okay? to use an AI tool to, you got a topic and you want to generate uh, all content for it. You want to generate written content. You want to generate um, questions for activities. You want to generate that stuff. Is it okay to use that? Is it okay to use AI to generate scripts for things in online courses or video content that you're producing? Is it okay to have AI help write lesson plans? You know, like there's, this is a big question. There's... When we're talking curriculum, we're talking yep. a lot of different things. Um, it's not just a simple answer of yes or no in my mind, right? It, it There's some variable to it um, is what we're doing. And so Will and I obviously aren't going to be able to capture all of the problems. We're not going to be able to, you know, in a, in a whole episode, talk about absolutely everything that could happen. Um, I know. I mean, we're good, but, you know, we're not that good. We, we um, should. We could do it. Yeah, but we could do it. So, I, but I think I think at the core, what we're trying to answer here is: Is it okay to use AI to generate curriculum content? Meaning, is it okay to take AI and maybe it starts with you throw SLOs in and it generates 
activities. Maybe it generates, uh, you know, some written content for you. Uh, is it okay to use AI to do that or to, I think the reverse in like a, a teaching session is you have SLOs. Is it okay to have AI generate lesson plans for your class, right? Like I think at the simplest part, th those are some of the things I want to talk about. I, when it comes to generating like video script content or generating quiz questions, well, I've talked about some of that already on the podcast in different places. I think that's different than what you and I are talking about here, which is like generating the actual curriculum, the actual content and the substance of what we're doing. Right. Is it right. okay to use AI to generate that stuff? Um, so with that said, you know, that's how I would break down the problem. Yeah. Now I do what I normally do, which is go, okay, Will, tell me the answer. <laughs> and it's folks, he's doing it again. Well, and so like Josh is saying, there's like levels to it. I, I think that there's, I think that there's two ways we can use chat GPT. We can use AI to deal with this. And I, and I think one's better than the other. So again, as we should always preface, because we never know who knows what or what chat GPT is a product. It is a tool by a company. It is a an, an artificial intelligence bot a, a chat bot that is using a large language model to refer to a database of content to give you a an algorithmically stitched together response everything that chat gpt says back to you is a quilt it has taken pieces of different things and pieced it together and handed you a quilt why I say that's why I say that all that, why I think this is important is there's two ways you can use ChatGPT when you were thinking in the context of curriculum. ChatGPT, this is how you might do it. My topic is security, right? Uh, digital security, how to have passwords, safe pa passwords. That's my topic. ChatGPT, write me a lesson plan about digital security through passwords, right? Now I've told ChatGPT to go do all of the work. Go find me the content, stitch the answers together from everything it can find in the internet. The other thing you can do, though, is you can provide ChatGPT context. You could write what your opinion is about um, digital passwords and how to, how to be safe with them and how to not reuse them. Don't write them down. Don't put them in obvious places. Don't use the word password. Make sure to have special <laughs> characters, right? If you write that up into a big right paragraph, now. you can put that, right? Yeah. Hey, go ahead, folks. Just hit pause. Read that back. There's your, there's your lesson. Uh, you could take that narrative content that you've written, put it into ChatGPT and say, ChatGPT, with this context, write me a 10-question quiz. That is now something where ChatGPT is using your limited context, your frame of reference, to give you something that is based on your work. It may, I'm not an expert, it may still pull from or try to use the internet and other, other resources, but you can tell it, ChatGPT, using this paragraph, using this page of content, provide me something. And then... What it's not doing and where I believe the concern is with this overall issue is it's not pulling the content from some random Joe Schmo on the internet's blog, right? That's what ChatGPT could be doing. It could be pulling the content from a copyrighted material or it could be pulling the content from someone who's just not an expert. You don't mm -hmm. know 
where ChatGPT is pulling the answers for for you. So if you give it the context, that I think is a space where we have a lot more faith, if you will, in the work it's doing. ChatGPT, here is my doctoral dissertation on passwords and digital security. Wow. Use that to write me a lesson plan, right? Like that is something you could do and I think would be <laughs> I should have just stuck with tanks, right? I, just I know. Used like, tanks why did we, why did we switch on. to passwards and security? We had such a we had such an epic class. We were building tanks, and now I kind of fell asleep because you you just mentioned the dissertation on passwords <laughs> and security, and I just if that's your dissertation, I'm really sorry. I it's I'm sure there's it's great. It's just it's not for me. Um, that's, that's the that's what it somebody what needs it. Comes it. Down to. Yeah. So like no, but like I I like that distinction, right? Is it's like. Really what it comes down to with AI is are you just getting content handed to you or are you giving content and you're having AI help organize it? You're having AI help rework it into something. You're helping cut down some of the time that you would normally do as a, as a person working in those areas. I think, I think that's a good point, right? Is um, that that's a good kind of clarification and separation between the two different methods, right? So like, for instance, to what Will's talking about. Let's say we're writing a course on tanks. I'm bringing us back. Um, and you're writing a course on tanks, Good, thank right? You. And yeah, and uh, you don't you you throw to ChatGPT, give me a lesson plan on tanks, and that's all you do. Like, and you get a lesson plan on tanks. You download that lesson plan. Um, you use that lesson plan. You teach that lesson plan. What whatever it may be, right? You could do that. Um. How does that end up being any different than you going on to Google and finding some random lesson plan from web, some website that didn't explicitly give you your permission to download that lesson plan? You do when you go teach it. Like, if, when I, as I'm saying that, most of us get uncomfortable, right? Because that's not a good idea. That's bad. Most yeah. of us would go, that's not, that's not good teaching, right? That's, it's, not, it's the same with ChatGPT. I'm not saying any teachers are out there doing that, but that might be where... I'm drawing the line, right? It's like, I don't think that's okay to go and use AI tools. It's not, it's, it's also not being transparent about what you're using, right? But now where I might change things is go like, maybe I'm designing a course. I have SLOs. And a lot of times when you're making these online courses in Will and I's environment, one of the things you have to do is, well, a lot of times different people, they have different ways of doing it, but they'll do like these weekly introduction pages, right? Where like, uh, that have kind of like descriptions of the activities during the week, kind of they guide you through the week. It depends on kind of what you're doing. Um, I mean, will you see this in your courses, right? I mean, it's not necessarily like pages per se, but you guys have like descriptions of the different lessons and modules they're jumping into and kind of gives a breakdown, right? So like I've seen people using AI to go, I'm going to throw in the SLOs and I'm going to ask it to break up this content into manageable chunks over eight, eight weeks, right? Or over, or over eight days or whatever, however long your course is, right? I'm going to say, break this up into that. And then they take that, they edit that because it's not always perfect, right? So they might tweak it. They might move it around. They might change it. Um, and they might have AI help write some of the descriptions based on content they put in. Um, but they're along the way, always editing and always working with it. That's a different thing to me, right? Because all you did was you used AI to take learning outcomes, find commonalities between words in them, basically, because that's what the AI is going to do and try to break them up into topics, right? And like, and then you go back, you go edit that because the AI didn't do it right. Maybe you're doing tanks and the AI saw that you mentioned um, cannons and uh, 
I don't know anything about tanks. Um, and uh, masts. I don't we know. Still tanks don't. don't have masts, but let's just say all that these they do. years. Uh, yeah, and AI knows those are both circular items. You know, those are both those are both poles of sorts. So they should go together. Um, I don't know. I know nothing about what we're talking about. We know nothing about tanks. But AI will at times find similarities between things that probably shouldn't go together. As you, as a a teacher or instructional designer, will see, well, or a subject matter expert will see, those those things don't go together. They should be in these weeks, right? Like you go edit that afterwards, right? But the AI helped you get started, right? The AI became a tool that might help bridge the gap and kind of cut down on some time. Will, would you agree that that's probably? a healthy way of using AI in some curriculum design. I mean, it's, I know it's an oversimplified version, but yeah. Well, and yeah, what I think both of us are aiming at here is just some acceptable ways that we're using the tool to do what it does well. We're finding core, it, it is finding correlations for us between our knowledge and, and, and other points in it. We're not using it to gently, like, if you went up to ChatGPT and said, write my course for me, wrong, like just move on. That's not what we want to do. If you bring your bring something to it and you say, ChatGPT, help me with this thing. That's, I think, what both of us are trying to say is a helpful guide rail to using this tool for producing curriculum, right? I was, mine was either, you know, you help have it use your content. Josh's is like, hey, use the SLOs and then, and then generate an outline for you. These are, I think, appropriate uses of the tool, especially, especially when after you've had ChatGPT create something for you, you go out there then and edit it and fix it and make it better. Like ChatGPT should not be trusted at the first draft. You know, like just, it's, yeah. it's just like a college student. Never take the first draft. You want two or three runs before we're looking at a final draft on a paper. So I, I think that it's kind of one of those cautious, like, here's specifically some things to do. Try putting in your own content. Try starting from something you've already written, as opposed to just trusting it to bring the internet to you. And then make sure you're working from a limited scope and you're you're revising that work after you've seen it. Because it's a wild tool, man. Like when you talk about the um, mid journey and the, the image creation, like it'll just create funky things. You'll say, give <laughs> me a picture of a Fox in someone's yard. Right. And the Fox has three heads. Like, I just, I don't know oh, why yeah. it did that, but it did that. So if it's going to do those things with, with images, it could do that with your paper as well. And if you don't proofread that, there's going to be three Foxes sitting in the middle of your paper that you're trying to deliver to your students. I'm just saying, you got to watch this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to highlight, too, as we're talking about this, I want to be very clear. ChatGPT is not the only tool, and honestly, not the first one I go to for this type of stuff. Like, Will and I have talked about um, the uh, the Google extension. Um, oh, my gosh. ID Assist uh, is an AI tool that ID I would Assist. go to yeah, for, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for stuff like this. And ChatGPT wouldn't be my first run, too. They're both using AI, AI tools, but they, ID Assist has uh, SLO and um, uh, learning taxonomy. Uh, details integrated into the AI so it does it much better. There's other tools, there's countless tools Will and I have talked about on this this podcast now over the last last season especially in season 5 where we talked a lot about AI from my school AI to other tools that they're doing AI stuff that that branches into some of this. And and I and I'm interested in what they're doing. I think what it comes down to is what Will is saying is like are you having AI just do all of it for you 
and then just parroting back whatever it gives you. If that's the case, then that that's not a good idea. Um, and that's why, like, when I see people showing ways they're, they're nervous about uh, how AI is going to get rid of teachers and designers and, and people like that, um, I don't agree. I think we all still need to be involved in that process. I think they can be tools to help shorten time, um, to help uh, do things that we maybe not wouldn't have done in a in as detailed of way because we didn't have time. Um, in our normal day-to-day -day jobs because teachers are dealing with a lot of different things. Designers are dealing with a lot of different things uh, as they're looking at doing content and designing learning experiences. I think AI can help in some of those areas. Like I mentioned Rise, uh, where we were talking a little bit about it, like Articulate Rise is adding AI content. But what it's doing is you can throw in a whole bunch of written content and ask it to organize it into a course, into a module of content, like throw out some right. ideas for activities and things like that. But then after that, you can edit it and you absolutely should because I haven't even used Articulate's version yet. It's not out yet, but I can guarantee you on day one, it's going to do something I don't like because it's what most of the AI ends up doing at some point. Will's mentioning Midjourney <laughs> on our team for the stuff we do in our client work. Uh, I use, I'm the one doing all the Midjourney generation for assets. And I can tell you that thing does some crazy stuff sometimes uh and adds things in the background um but uh if you learn how to edit it and control it you can get some really cool stuff i mean we were just creating something the other day will like that mall scene i had to create for something we were working on um it generated a claw on somebody's yeah. hand you never saw it because i got it to you before i edited it but they, they was trying to make a phone if they were trying to like hold their hands together and make a phone and it ended up generating a giant claw no. on this girl's hand. And she, it was terrifying. I had, to, I had to like cut the, I had to cut it out. Um, that's an image example, but like the same thing to Will's point happens when you're generating content. Um, it's going to do weird stuff. It doesn't know. It's not an actual teacher, no matter how much they want to do with AI, it is not going to be an actual teacher. So it's not always going to be able to take into account all the different things we are. But what I think it can do is, is help bridge the gap. One of the ways we're looking at maybe bridging the gap is saying, hey, could we use AI before a designer meets with a teacher or a subject matter expert? Could we use AI to throw in learning outcomes and suggest some course structure ideas? Like, could we have an AI do that? Like, suggest some course structure ideas, ideas have an ID edit it, have an instructional designer edit that to make it more solid but then have that so that it could generate it for them really quickly before they have a meeting with a subject matter expert they're going to meet with to build a course that students will eventually take at our college, right? Like we've had those conversations. Is that right. something we could do? Because that's something an ID never has time to do before they meet with their subject matter expert anyway. So could AI help bridge that gap a little bit um, for us? I think that's a practical example of where it is. I think, I think what I'm gathering in myself, and maybe you're the same way, Will, is that it's not about whether writing curriculum with AI is okay. It's about how much should we use AI in the process? I think that's what it comes down to. Sure. Sure. And I think, you know, this, this episode title will probably be attention getting and try and pit us, pit, pit us out against, uh, like against each other, you know, pit, pit to do ideas against each other. But like at the end of the day, what we're trying to get to is a model for you, the teacher, for, for faculty to use in your classrooms. You're trying to do this with your students. Do not use ChatGPT at all. This is how you use ChatGPT. Those are the two options for a faculty member right now. We're saying if you're teaching, same thing. 
don't use it at all, or you have to use it well. It will mess you up. It will plagiarize. It will do weird things. You cannot trust it 100%. So, so find the good ways to use it. Yeah. Find the ways that will help you, that can reduce some time, that can provide you brainstorms, ideas, just just examples, templates. I love what Josh is talking about there. Like, imagine if you're the, the, the faculty member, you've never taught a course before, and an instructional designer shows up with three different outlines that you could use, and you can pick from those outlines the best parts. You know, at some way, and, and I hope folks don't take that as like, oh, that's lazy or blah, 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 blah. Like, I've had faculty show up and be like, here's my course outline, and they throw the textbook on the table. And the textbook's table of contents is their book, is their course outline. That is lazy, in my opinion. And so it's like, oh, yeah, you trust every element of this book to be your course? Like that, have you read the book? Have you gone through it? Have you used it before? Have you taught from it? Like if you don't have yeses to all of those questions, that is not doing your due diligence to know if the content you're going to teach your students is effective, is appropriate, is is scaffolded helpfully is useful if you haven't been through it the textbook example is no better than just chat gpting the answer where you're mm -hmm. trusting something else to put the content together for you i hope folks you you're hearing a model of what you can do how you could apply this to your students right you may use chat gpt if you're doing this this and this that's that's the that's the how you, teacher, should use it to help you with your curriculum, to help you with writing, to help you with outlining. I, hey, I know faculty members who are not good writers, not good at spelling, not good at, at sentence structure, not good at creative writing. It doesn't have to be everyone's skill, but they still could be an expert in mechanical engineering. I am more than happy to see that person use ChatGPT to spell check all their work improve their writing, make it more interesting for their student, because as long as they put in the, the poorly written, but if a scientifically accurate information to chat GPT, then they're fine. It's going to make it easier to read, more interesting to the student, blah, 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 blah. And then that, that person who now has gotten something that looks really good, reads really well, can read it and be like, oh, wow, that sounds great. And it's accurate. They, the, the faculty member is still the one checking it to say it's legitimate. It's real information and not like three foxes or a fox with three heads. Um, so, so we have the options. We have what we can do here. And I think that these are ways like some of these things, some of these considerations Josh and I are offering are also because of the limitations of AI today that we still don't trust it. It still messes up. It's still using Joe Schmo's blog from the internet, right? Like if it gets better or if somebody comes up with a, a product like My School AI, Magic School AI, these products that are coming out to try and um, make AI more education centric, good. It's going to get better. It's going to be easier. Find the ways to use those tools to make your teaching better and better and better. That's why Josh and I do this podcast. We want education and technology to marry well, to come together so that folks can use this to improve their teaching practices, use this to improve what they're delivering to their students, use this to improve education broadly, right? So give it a shot, try it. Our, our episode here is just what not to do in one sense <laughs> while you're trying to do the curriculum generation. <laughs> yeah. 
and i and i would say like yeah, yeah. just as a b- before we transition just a few tips of like what i've seen and what i've been playing around with right is like like will mention if the spell check and organization is not your strong suit when writing out content like that's a great way to use ai write out the stuff that you know is valuable that is factual that is good that is good information that your students need to know um and absolutely feel free to use i think ai to help uh, improve the writing make it better those areas, you know, I know people who balk at that stuff or look at that and they're like, that's, you know, how are you an academic if you don't? But some people aren't academics and they're just there teaching their content um, and they're trying to make sure students know it. And I think uh, tools like this could be helpful in those areas. An example I saw another instructor do a little while ago was they didn't use it to help write a bunch of the curriculum, but they got a lot of their lesson planning out of the way. And then they were running out of time. So they used AI to help write some formative questions that they could use each class to kind of build some kind of like formative recall throughout the course right and so they used ai to build those questions um yeah yeah. that was a great example was that was that you josh (laughs) (laughs) um no it was it was was not me um i I mean i did use ai in my course at one point to write some some stuff but um i formative recall something i did not do as much as i should have in my current course that would be the (laughs) my next version of my course that i would probably leverage um that's how that conversation came up though um was we were talking about that and that's that's what i saw and i've seen some other people share similar stuff right is it's i think it's finding those cracks that ai can can come into to help assist you um in bringing stuff and will and i've talked about this is this podcast is not about that tool we've talked about this tool before and maybe will can find it as i'm killing time or i can find it as i'm killing time um, but, uh, ID assist is another tool, um, that, uh, is super helpful, uh, as you're looking at it. So if you're ever looking for that, uh, for an AI tool that can be helpful in, uh, content and what you're doing, um, ID assist is a tool that we've talked about on the podcast before, uh, that's an AI tool that can be very helpful in, in, in that area as well. So I think there's just, there's a lot of different ways. I think give it a try. Um, but again, I think let's be honest about what we're doing and, and not have it just write everything. I am uncomfortable with some of the teachers posting that they yeah. had AI literally just write their lesson plan for the week. Um, I'm I'm not cool with that. I got to be honest. I like there there's there's some stuff that I think um, is I'm cool with that if it writes it and you do a whole bunch of editing um, afterwards and you and you bring that human touch to it. But if you're just dropping lesson plans straight from AI and teaching those, then I, I do have some problems with that um, and have some thoughts about it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, folks, that's that's a pretty good sense for where we are. This might be a shorter week. No offense. It's just uh, it's just where we are. Hopefully you can uh, roll the right ride the wave with us. I don't know. I'll shut up. So the next part of our episode is going to (laughs) be I don't don't know, dude. It's just it's just trying. I'm just trying to transition to the next subject. Our app for this episode, ironically, wonderfully is called diffit.me. That's the website, D-I-F-F-I-T.me, diffit.me. And I think it's it's meant to be a play on like differentiation, but uh, it's, it's about literally anything. <laughs> select a topic. It's about reading, reading comprehension, literary t- texts, that kind of stuff. But you select a topic, you type in something like Abraham Lincoln, tanks, right? Maybe to go for tanks. Uh, then you choose an appropriate reading level. You choose the language. They have a number of languages supported. And then you click generate resources. Now, what I love about this is I'm going to follow through with tanks. I'm going to go for, let's say, a, 
11th grade uh, reading level and I'll hit generate resources, let that roll in the background. It's now using AI and all whatever the fun things it does to pull together ideas for me. Now it's not just ideas. There's going to be some activity options. There's going to be some narrative content. There's going to be prompts. There's going to be formative questions. Like it's, it's pretty cool that it can pull together as much as it does. Um, and mostly for free. I forget they have some sort of freemium setup. Yeah. I have to log in here to get more of the resources. Uh, but right away, it does an adapted reading passage. It has a summary, including tanks are powerful armed vehicles used in ground combat. Josh, that is the smartest thing we have ever said on this podcast about tanks, frankly. Right? 100%. 100%. They, uh, they have heavy firepower, <laughs> strong armor, and good mobility on the battlefield. Again, the second most intelligent thing we've ever <laughs> said on this podcast about tanks. Um, it provides us key vocabulary words, including armored, firepower, reliability, infantry, salvaged, right? It has generated all of this. <laughs> Josh and I are dying, guys. This is, this is, this is too much. Um, it's generated all of this just by putting in the word tanks and selecting my reading level. It provided some multiple choice questions for me, some short answer questions, some open-ended prompts, and then it can go further. It says that you can get into student activities. I bet that's where you have to start paying up or sign up and do that kind of stuff. But this is a fantastic starting point. If I wanted to do an episode of the high tech podcast about tanks, I'm putting it into diffit.me and we're going to teach from diffit.me to get us started on what tanks are actually about. Not the usual nonsense that we get into when it comes to talking about tanks 101, the high tech podcast course du jour. Now, that's just one tanks thing. You can put in any topic, you can go for different languages. If I take that same tanks lesson, pop it on down to a fifth grade uh, reading level. I can regenerate the whole thing. It's going to truncate and adjust it to a reading comprehension level of a fifth grader. That's, that's the benefit. And it's, uh, I'm doing this live folks. I just hit the button a few seconds ago. I'm going to let it turn and burn on the background. Then I'll turn when I'm ready and have the content to go to, to tell you a little bit about what it's changing. So uh, now the first sentence in the adapted reading pages, tanks are big, strong vehicles that are used in battle. If that sounds familiar to what I just read a moment ago for the 11th grade reading level, it changed the words though to big, strong, used in battle, right? Instead of armored and, and infantry and reliable, right? It's changed the language to be age appropriate. Um, they have powerful engines and tracks to move over rough terrain, right? It's simplified the language down into something that is easier to understand. Easy peasy. And I'm just doing this for free. I'm just, I'm just clicking away. You log in, you can get more. And then there's some sort of, you know, freemium setup to pay to get unlimited and all that kind of stuff. But I really like, like this as a starting point. And again, it's one of these, go ahead. Good. I'd, I'd like to point out that, uh, the, even the fifth grade reading level of tanks was still smarter than anything we've said about tanks. Um, in this entire podcast, like we're, we're, Will and I are not even on fifth grade level. Uh, in case you were curious, I was testing while Will was doing this as well. Uh, if you type in lightsabers, it gives great content on teaching lightsabers. So, uh, just in case, just in case anybody was curious, you know, lightsabers are fictional energy swords featured in the Star Wars franchise. They're depicted as luminescent laser swords emitted from a metal hilt 
you know it's just that's that's beautiful you know that's it that's all i wanted to add you know that's just, uh, further contact that's gold <laughs> full circle full circle in the episode i really i love that um here's an example folks we're looking at a tool that is built to be educational and then is using ai in the background now i had to i just josh i had to you, you're not even you, you're not even ready you might now be getting on to what I finally had to do, but if I type in Ted Lasso, it'll even <laughs> give me an adapted reading passage about my favorite TV show and religion. Ted Lasso is an American <laughs> sports comedy drama television series that premiered on Apple TV Plus on August 14th, 2020. Uh, Ted Lasso is an American sports comedy drama. The show follows the story of Ted. Uh, it has key vocabulary words, multiple choice questions. Who is the main character of the television series, Ted Lasso? But it's not just character. It's actually a poorly written question, right? So here's a good example, folks. It says, who is the main character of the television series, Ted Lasso? Well, the main character of the television series, Ted Lasso, is Ted Lasso. The options are the names of the actors. So that question should be, who is the actor of the main character? of the series Ted Lasso, uh, right? And then the answer would be Jason Sudeikis. But the question, the question is not correct. Uh, when did the second season of Ted Lasso premiere? Okay, irrelevant, not a useful question to ask, but it does have the facts. Um, and then some short answer and whatever. So it can get as serious as Ted Lasso, or excuse me, as serious <laughs> as Abraham Lincoln, World War II, whatever, or as ridiculous as lightsabers, tanks, and Ted Lasso. That is going to be the... Uh, the subtitle to my memoir, Tanks, Lightsabers, and Ted Lasso, <laughs> called it Dibs. Dibs. <laughs> That's amazing. I love yeah. I love that. All right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So there we go. We've got Diffit. We've had a we've had a fun run with this episode. Full disclosure, folks. This episode might never even see the light of day. We've had so many technical issues <laughs> with this episode, but we've done our best. This is just another season of the High Tech Podcast having a lot of fun. We're wrapping down here. Episode 134. Um, we have an exciting set of episodes coming for you. The problem is we don't know what they are yet. Soon enough, Josh and I are headed down to FETC, FETC, a very big uh, educational te technology conference. Very exciting in Florida. We're going to be recording a ton of live content with teachers, uh, ed tech, and all sorts of things while we're at the conference. And that is going to be the content for episodes 135 through like 139 or something. We can't plan mm -hmm. for it yet. You'll just have to roll with the punches. Watch us on YouTube. We're going to have shorts and we'll be posting all over the place about what we're doing, who we're meeting, what's going on at the conference. But I look forward to your usual weekly posts on Tuesdays of episodes going out through your podcasting tools or uh, the regular YouTube channel. So that's episode 135 and what you can expect for the next coming weeks. Anything else on FETC? Is there fun things or interesting things that we need to mention? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, other than just mentioning uh, to, to edit one thing Will said, by the time you were listening to this episode... On January 30th, uh, many, many of our YouTube shorts will have already been posted uh, from FETC. So uh, if you hey! are, if you're listening right. to this episode <laughs> and you did not listen to them, 
Or now check go them back out. And watch Don't him. worry. Yeah, go back and watch them. Go check us out on YouTube at High Tech, at High Tech Podcast, and go to our short section, and you can you can live through Fetsy with Will and I uh, in the shorts. Uh, and I and I do mean it. If you haven't listened, go check it out, please, because uh, Will and I are actually going to the whole conference. We went to ISTE uh, this past year. Uh, we only went for a day, so we released some content, but not a ton. Will Will and I are going for the whole week at FETC um, this year, and which means Will and I are completely podcast focused for that entire week. So you will be seeing a lot of YouTube short content and other content coming from Will and I that week because we're going to be having a lot more fun and a lot more time on our hands at this conference. Uh, than we did at the last one we went to. That's it. You've got it. Thank you for fact-checking me. So it <laughs> hasn't yet happened as we record this, and by the time you hear it, it will already have happened. Perfect. That's <laughs> just the high-tech podcast vibe, my friends. Find us, as always, on Twitter, YouTube, at High Tech Podcast. Email us, inbox at hightechpod.us. Honestly, I have six unread messages right now. I'm so excited you are using that, reaching out to us, finding us. We love getting more folks involved, building this community. So please do email us your ideas. If you want to come on the podcast, if you know someone, if you want to sponsor the podcast, we're now offering sponsored options. So we would love to have uh, engagements with folks at a paid level so that we can provide more content, more ideas, more um, fun stuff to you. Maybe buy another lightsaber for the podcast. You know, who knows what we're going to do. Um, find all of our content. Every single episode has an episode page at hightechpod.us. That's our website. Please share those pages with other people. It'll help them get started with something like diffit.me or any of the ed tech tools we've talked about in our 134 episodes. Thank you again for joining us for another week as we continue to learn what it looks like to harness technology in the classroom, whether online or in person. See ya. See ya.